Hi, I'm Desiree Holmes Sharini, your host to Intuitive Journey with Desiree. Welcome. And um, as I like to always tell you, this is an audio podcast as well as a video. And so some of you can see me. And during this uh, uh, talk, I am going to hold up a picture of something. So I'll just explain it well enough for the podcast people to understand what I'm saying, too. Anyway. Welcome, and today I want to uh, move in a direction for the next few segments. I'm going to be giving some information on hypnosis and NLP and some of the other things that I practice with my clients or I'm trained in, because I realize a lot of people ask me, well, what's hypnosis and how does that work anyway? And I'm a hypnotherapist, hypnotist, and I find it really valuable as a tool in helping clients uh, or people learning to be able to help themselves with self-hypnosis. So I thought I'm, I'm going to spend some time educating people that are interested in understanding how it works, what it is, and where it came from. So to start, I'm going to start with, from a therapeutic point of view, what is hypnosis good for? Okay, and people have problems, right? And a lot of times that we have these problems we can't seem to get past. It might be a bad habit. It might be uh, self-worth. It might be, you know, just about anything. And where these come from and how they get cemented in our mind or in our thoughts and the reason that it's hard to get rid of is because our conscious mind cannot let go of something that's in our subconscious mind. We have these two minds. One is your conscious mind that you think you think with, and the other one is your subconscious mind that really runs the show for the most part. So uh, there's even been studies where somebody was hooked up to uh, you know, electrodes to see brain activity, and they were asked to make a choice. And consciously, when they made a choice, they said, okay, I choose that one that the brain activity showed before they thought they made the choice, that that action had already taken uh, place in their mind, in their brain. So subconsciously, the decision had already been made. And uh, if you've listened to my previous uh, podcasts, uh, videos, I had one about perceptions. And I did not go into so much the subconscious there, but that's if you go back and listen to that one, it's a couple of segments ago, and it was about perceptions and about how our life and our background and everything builds up these layers of perception. And where do those perceptions go? They get cemented in our subconscious, creating our beliefs and our values and our feelings and our habits. So, so the subconscious mind kind of runs the show. And in order to change a behavior or to influence yourself in a direction you want to go, or even sometimes, as you've probably heard, to access lost memories, um, police departments have used hypnosis in order to help someone recall uh, seeing an accident or the events of a burglary or, or some other traumatic event that might have happened to them that was kind of blocked out. And through hypnosis, you can access these hidden thoughts, lost memories, um, or also get in there and make some changes that are beneficial to you. So 
how does that work? How do we do that with hypnosis? Okay, so our brains and our bodies are electrical. And that's something that people probably really don't stop to think about. If you think about our, our bodies are really kind of a machine and we are electrical, biological um, containers for our thoughts and our uh, minds. And I'm going to pause this for a second because I've got a cat. So sorry about that. I had to take a little break because I had an interference. Anyway, so getting back to our bodies being electrical and, um, you know, acting on electrical impulses and our brains too. So the point of this is that our brain activity is electrical and that's why they take an EKG, right? Stands for electrical. Um, And our brains have different waves that are happening at different points in our awareness. So, for example, this was there's, I'm going to hold this up so you can see. Okay. So, at the highest rate, we have gamma waves, which are uh, fairly recent. Uh, um, what's the right word? Um, they fairly recently were added to the chart. And then there are beta waves, and then there are alpha waves, and then there are theta waves, and then there are delta waves. And for those of you that can't see this, the gamma moves the fa- are the fastest, highest peaks. Um, then the beta is also a fast one, but not as fast as gamma. The uh, waves are closer together. Then it gets a little further apart with alpha, a little further apart with theta, almost, you know, no wave at all with delta. And also even below delta, apparently there is a very slow wave that is, um, they don't know really what it does or what's going on then. But for the purpose of understanding hypnosis, I'm going to explain these a little bit. So the gamma waves, if you can picture these waves being like a rainbow, for example, rainbow of color. So you could have your color wheel and you could have red, yellow, blue, right? Or you can have the secondary colors, the red, the orange, the yellow, etc., so forth, the green, the blue, the violet. Um, but we know that in between each of those colors, there's yet another mixture of colors. And the spectrum of light is actually a smooth transition from one color to the next. There are myriads of colors. So the same thing with the brain waves. The you don't, you know, jump from this frequency to that frequency or from that frequency to this frequency. It can be in a wave, all right? So the gamma waves go from 31 to 120. Uh, and that's hyperbrain activity and it's great for learning. It's like, however, they also say the gamma is associated with a higher realm, maybe spiritual awareness, uh, maybe even a state of nirvana. They're studying it. Beta waves uh, are 13 to 30, and they mean you're really busily engaged. Now, that can also mean, you know, you're driving someplace you haven't seen, you're very aware, you're paying a lot of attention, all the way down to doing an activity that's fairly new, but it's not stressful. Now, you move on to alpha waves, 8 to 12, and that means you're very relaxed, you're deepening into meditation at the lower 
uh, end of that or the slower end of that. But alpha, you might be, you know, engaged in a, uh, a movie, reading a book, uh, not quite all the way out of it, but uh, enjoying yourself, watching your favorite TV show, doing something that's routine and easy for you. Then come theta waves. And that's when you're drowsy, drifting down into sleep and dreams. You're at that half awake, half asleep state. And after that, uh, the, that was four to seven for the um, theta. And delta is uh, 0.5 to three. And that's deeply asleep, not dreaming. That's your deep, restful, restorative sleep. Now, for our purposes of hypnosis, we take you to that theta wave state, that half asleep, half awake, and you've, you've been there when you first wake up and you remember your dream, but as soon as you're fully awake, it's gone and you can't remember it, and maybe it comes back uh, when you, there's something that reminds you of it, or when you lay back down at night, you might remember it. That's theta. Theta is not asleep, not completely awake, and at that state, we can access your subconscious. At that state, your conscious mind is taking a little break, but your subconscious is active and accessible still. So how we do that with hypnosis is by, well, there's a few different ways. Uh, in hypnotherapy, generally, I, I personally, I'll just tell you how I do it. I personally generally use uh, something as a guided meditation, imagery, to like take the person uh, through a relaxing state, maybe a walk through the woods in imagery as they are laying quietly in a comfortable position. It might be uh, imagining a beach, taking, this, taking the person on an uh, imaginary relaxing journey, helping them focus on breathing to where the body starts to let go of any anxiety and tension and tightness. And then after that, there are things called deepening techniques. And maybe you've heard of these or seen these where the person, you have them imagine they're going down a, step, a flight of steps and with every step down, they get deeper or going up the elevator or even having them count back. And there, there's several different ways we can do this. And then once the person is past that initial relaxation stage, and then they've gone into the state where they're relaxed, not quite asleep, and that's where hypnotherapy can be used, or hypnosis. And that's where you can go in, and because they're not completely asleep, if someone wants to recall something, you can ask them questions, and the memories will come back to them. If they want to make a behavior change, you can then use suggestion about whatever it is they want to change. Uh, if you go online, you'll find all sorts of like YouTube videos of different hypnosis or guided meditation that help someone achieve whatever their goal is. One might be motivation, one might be uh, learning faster, one more might be stress relief. There's so much that hypnosis is useful for. And what's great about it is that it goes straight to the core. Talk therapy, for example, that's great too. However, your conscious mind could be talking about something and it still can't change the behavior. So think about it. Somebody who wants to lose weight or somebody who wants to stop smoking, consciously 
they know it's wrong, they know they want to change, but they don't. And that's because the subconscious mind is, is steering the, the ship. So getting into the subconscious mind is the value of hypnosis. So I'm going to let's see, segue here a little bit. I brought up guided meditation. A lot of times people ask me, what's the difference between hypnosis and guided meditation and, or meditation in general? So the difference would be um, guided meditation and a hypnotic induction, which is the part where I, you talk about walking through the relaxing beach. That's pretty much the same. It's a relaxing state. You lay down, you close your eyes. There might be nice music playing, and it's a guided meditation geared toward relaxing your body and mind. Okay, but guided meditation does not incorporate um, retrieving thoughts or memories from the subconscious, nor does it incorporate uh, giving suggestion during that, other than the general state of relaxation. The difference between meditating and hypnosis, like if someone says, well, I'm meditating, does that mean I'm doing self-hypnosis? That also has a similar difference. And the some people that, you know, just like anything else, there's different types and styles of hypnosis. There's also different types and styles of meditation. So meditation, for example, the goal might be relaxation. You might focus on your breathing, listen to music, imagine a relaxing state of uh, being someplace or some meditation. The goal is to empty the mind of any thoughts, to completely clear the field and be thoughtless not thoughtless, but thought-free. And that's completely different than, say, hypnosis, because hypnosis is about engaging your subconscious mind. So there, there are some differences there. Depending on what the type of meditation it is, what the goal of the meditation it is, there can be a lot of similarities. There can be a lot of differences. However, that being said, the brainwave state is very similar. To reach a state of meditation, you go to that theta wave state. To reach that empty mind state of meditation, you go even deeper down to deep theta or delta, where the mind is, has no activity, uh, no thoughts. Okay? So I hope that answers some of that question. And as I am talking, there are other things um, that I'm going blank on because I didn't put any notes in front of me. But uh, hypnosis, what, what uh, some of the fears around it I wanted to talk about. So hypnosis, uh, it kind of originated in a way way back in the late 1700s with a man named Franz Mesmer. And you've heard the word mesmerism. And what he did wasn't the same as modern day hypnotherapy. And I've talked on this to different um, groups and people before about what's the same and what's different. Once again, there's that brainwave state, which is pretty much the same to arrive at. But mesmerism hit what he even described it as was his intention and his energy um, being sent to his subject and that he was energetically doing something with or to them that they succumb to 
or that they allowed. And so that's where a lot of people get like kind of creeped out by the idea of hypnotism because uh, even to this day, if you look up mesmerism or hypnotism, you look for synonyms, they will use the synonyms and it's not the same. Hypnotism <clears throat> is not mesmerism. Mesmerism, like I said, the idea behind that, especially from the origin of it, was it was an energetic energy exchange. Um, you could even say manipulation and people were afraid they'd be brainwashed or controlled. Sorry. <clears throat> and hypnotherapy, modern day hypnotherapy has a completely different idea to it. Hypnotherapy does not uh, intend any energetic exchange. It's rather the hypnotherapist is a guide for the subject to just reach their own subconscious, a guide to help the subject or the client get to a mental state. There's not you know, woo-woo, I'm sending my energy to you. Um, although I have to say that there, I believe that there's not really woo-woo about that stuff, that that happens. And that's a whole nother, um, I've talked about that actually, the idea of intuition and uh, that energy exchange in a previous uh, episode. And I'll probably come back to that more another time. But that's not what modern day hypnotherapy is. Okay. So, People that go to a hypnotherapist for help, a lot of times they come and that's their last ditch effort because they've tried medicine, they've tried all sorts of other things. And really, it's so non-intrusive and uh, also affordable that it really should be one of the first things somebody tries before they take pills for something um, or even people with pain could try that before a surgery. There's no reason not to try something that doesn't, you know, even change, um, you know, you're not taking medicine, you're not paying for the doctor, you're not paying for the pills. So I, you know, I'm, I practice hypnotherapy, so therefore I believe in it and I'm a big proponent of it. And I want to go back here again to the subconscious. One thing I wanted to mention that I did not is um, why so many things get stuck in your brain and why it's so important to get into the subconscious mind to try to make those changes that you want to make because the conscious mind cannot. Up until around the age of seven to nine, children operate at that theta level. Their brain waves are very open to suggestion. They, and maybe it's nature's way of helping them engage and incorporate learning more quickly to uh, have things sink in so that they could survive. Maybe it's some sort of natural survival mode. And then after a certain age, then the conscious mind uh, kind of kicks in and those higher brain waves, the thinking, acting, doing brain waves come in. But up until around seven to nine, a child is very susceptible to having things get in and stay in. So, if, for example, uh, you had a parent that criticized you and you, you know, or you felt unloved or any number of things, right? And it happened as a child, that feeling, that thought, that belief, that perception of yourself is going to be embedded underneath it all. And 
you may never overcome it unless you have a lot of self-awareness and do a lot of work or and you get some hypnosis to help you go back in and go to the source of some of the problems you're having and identify it. There are sometimes things people didn't even realize were the source of whatever their problem is now. I had mentioned weight loss, for example. Almost always, with weight loss, with a weight problem, almost always, it's not that the person's eating too much. It's not that they like you know, donuts too much. That overeating or bad food choices are a symptom, usually, of something else. And it's not universal, whatever that something else is. But the great thing about hypnosis for weight loss is going to the source, is getting into the subconscious and being able to pull the problem out by the roots instead of just continuing to cut those weeds down with efforts of dieting or talk therapy or uh, willpower. Um, that being said, willpower, yeah, willpower is great. Guess what? Willpower is awesome with hypnosis because with hypnosis you you again you're giving yourself that boost to engage that willpower and give it something to build upon because willpower alone as we probably all know unless i'm unless superman's out there listening to me and even he you know he had his krypton right kryptonite so <laughs> if you have willpower that's great and some people think they're weak for not being able to overcome problems like, I should be able to do this. I should be able to do this. But if you've got your subconscious fighting against you and holding you back and you're not even aware of it, you need to give yourself a break and work on that and give yourself the opportunity to overcome that. Okay, I am doing kind of a commercial about hypnosis here. And many of you, you know, have no reason to work with me, but I would recommend if you're having any sort of um, issues that You've had a hard time overcoming. Look up a hypnotist near, near you. Look up a hypnotherapist. And of course, I like to suggest that you go to the National Association of Transpersonal Hypnotherapists, who I train for, I'm certified with, and they can um, lead you to someone in your area. Um, and they are, in particular, a group that doesn't uh, just only focus on the clinical hypnotherapy uh, end of things, but we also engage the spiritual side of hypnosis and a much more holistic uh, way to work with our clients. So that being said, um, let me see if I've left out any great details about hypnosis and how it works. Uh, brainwaves, subconscious, it's a natural state. The hypnotic state is a natural state that you go into at least twice a day, maybe more when you're daydreaming, when you're first falling asleep, when you're first waking up. It's a natural state of being that your brain goes to anyway. But with hypnosis, we help get you to that state and then make use of it. So I think I've you know, talked my ear off. Maybe I've talked your ear off about this. But I really thought it was a good idea to help explain for some of you that have always said, well, what's hypnosis? How does that work? I mean, am I going to be, you know, um, taking control of? And with a hypnotherapist, and especially, you know, you can check their background, make their, sure they're certified, or in some states they are also need to have a license. And, and you know, check 
check their background, check what they do, you know, check up on them. And they're, no one's going to come and brainwash you and take advantage of you anyway. But if you want to feel particularly safe, make sure you check check up on them. And uh, they also usually will give you a uh, an initial appointment where they get to know you. They talk to you before any hypnotic suggestion or a phone consult. So that you should be at ease with whoever you go to for something like that anyway. So if you're not comfortable with the person, then go find somebody else. But don't be afraid of hypnosis. Hypnosis is a normal state, and instead of being afraid of it, you can make use of it for your better health happiness. Thank you for listening, and next time I'm going to be talking about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, and explain exactly what that helps me do with my clients and what that's about. So have a great day and I will see you next time. Bye.